from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Among our many colloquial expressions, one is almost universally understood when we say we are setting our sights on something. It means we are aiming our efforts towards accomplishing something. Oddly enough, however, we rarely use this expression when talking about ultimate things. And yet clearly we should. Consider, for example, life's greatest questions. Who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Surely these are foundational questions that must be asked and answered before we can set our sights on anything meaningful. Otherwise, we become like the fellow in the story who spent his whole life climbing the ladder of success only to find that the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. All of which raises those questions. Why are you here? What is your purpose for living? Fortunately for us, we can know the answers to all of these great questions about life because we have the Word of God at our fingertips. Today, we will take a look at the story of Joshua, the great soldier of the Lord, and what it truly means to be a servant of the Lord. Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his important message, As for me. And now may we hear the Word of God. As it's found in the last chapter of the book of Joshua. Our great Old Testament Jesus, for that's what Jesus means, Joshua. The one that brought the people into the promised land, as our Joshua brings us into the ultimate promised land. Selected verses, chapter 24, the inspired, infallible word of the living God. Verse 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood, and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, and unto Esau, Mount Seir, to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. 
I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and ye came under the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen under the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side, Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them before you. Verse 13, And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them. Of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not, do ye eat. Now therefore, fear the Lord, and serve him with sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And may God speak to us today through his holy word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. Choices. Life is brimming full of them. It's something that makes us quite distinct from animals who live by instinct. We live by choices, rational choices, decisions of the mind and the will. Now, it uh, would seem that some people today have almost deified choice. In fact, they call themselves pro-choice. But it's an interesting thing I've discovered about that, that most of the people who call themselves pro-choice aren't. Did you ever notice that? They're not in favor of women having babies. There's the people that they oppose. They're not in favor of parents being able to pick the schools that they want their children to go to. They oppose that. They're not in favor of children being able to choose the books that they want to read at recess, they oppose that. What is it that they choose? They choose to kill babies. Now that ought to make them real proud. The Bible is full of choices, and it says that there are good choices and evil choices, and it says that there are consequences to the choices that we make, and at the final judgment bar of God, 
the result of those choices will become very clear for all to see. Throughout the scripture, we're called to make choices about God. You remember Elijah gathered the people together before the prophets of Baal and said, if the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal be God, then follow him. And here Joshua, that great soldier of the Lord, our Old Testament Jesus, the one that brought the people into the promised land as our Jesus brings us into the great final promised land of heaven. Soldier of the Lord, as Christ was the great conquering king who conquered Satan and all of the lions of hell. He, when he first crossed over into the land of Canaan, he went to Shechem, which was a beautiful valley between two mountains right in the center of Israel. Why did he go there? Because that's, that's you will remember where it all started, Shechem. That's where Abraham came after he left from the other side of the flood. Now, the word flood there is simply the word river. It's called the flood because of the eminence of the Euphrates River. And on the other side of that, in Ur of the Chaldees of Babylonia, came that moon worshiper, Abraham, transformed by his encounter with God to worship God in the promised land. And he came to Shechem right in the center of the land. And there God made that great covenant of grace with him. Chapter 12 of the book of Genesis, you read about it. And so when Joshua first brought the people again into the Holy Land, 40 years before this, he went to Shechem again. And there he challenged them to renew the vows of the covenant. Now the battles are over. The victories have been won. The land is theirs. And Joshua is old and stricken with years, he said in the previous chapter, and he gathered the people to give them one last challenge. It's interesting that in the next chapter he did it again. Apparently, he expected to die and didn't. God extended his life. And we're reminded that if God gives us extra days and years, that we should continue to use it to do good for him, to as many people as we can for as long as we can. Now this indeed is the end of the life of Joshua and the people at last having come up out of the land of bondage have, been, have come across the wilderness past Sinai into the promised land have conquered the Perizzites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and all of the rest of the ites and now there is peace in the land. And at the very end, this staunch soldier, Joshua, gathers the people at Shechem again to renew the covenant. And he begins by telling them all that God has done for them, how he brought them up with an outstretched arm out of Egypt, how he brought their father Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees, how he brought them across the desert, how he conquered all of the, the pagan people of that land. And now he says that God has given to them a land 
which for which you did not labor, cities which you did not build, vineyards that you did not plant, olive yards that you did not plant. And you have lived in this land and dwelt in these cities and eaten of the vineyards and the olive yards which you, upon which you bestowed no labor. You see, our service to God is based entirely upon what he has already done for us. And what Christ has done for us is is everything. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. It is finished, was the last word. I go to prepare a place for you. And that city for square was created by Christ, the paradise of God. He did it all. And there in that marvelous land of forever, in that beautiful city tomorrow, there in those beautiful trees and the fruits that grow there, we bestowed no labor at all, but he gave it to us. Now, therefore, now, therefore, therefore, in light of all that has gone before, Serve the Lord in truth and sincerity. All that we do is done out of gratitude for what God has done, not in order to get it, but because we have been given it. That's the biblical order of things. And so now Joshua says to them, serve him in sincerity and truth and put away these false gods. Now, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, we are reminded of the fact that we face this choice. It's ever before us. And until it is finally made, we cannot escape it. And there is nowhere to flee from making that choice. It's interesting also that God does not expect us to choose to serve him out of nothing, but based upon overwhelming evidence. And through the evidence of the centuries, which Joshua has piled up of the goodness of God to them, he says, in light of all of this, therefore, serve him. Choose to serve him. And so in the New Testament, when we read the history of the church, as this is the history of the Old Testament church, in the very first chapter of Acts, we are told that Christ showed himself alive after his passion for 40 days by many infallible proofs. And so we do not have blind faith, which is a leap into the dark, faith without evidence, but rather we have faith in overwhelming and incontrovertible evidence, which has never been and can never be overturned. And that's what Christian faith is. It's a leap out of the dark into the light. And we're called to choose him who has done it all. Now, it's interesting that Joshua is ever the example to his people. There is precious little in the entire history of the life of Joshua which in any way is negative about him. Precious 
very little. And this is in a book that paints the warts and wrinkles of its greatest heroes in living color. Of course, there are none to be found on Christ, its greatest hero, for the simple reason that he had none. But Joshua, his prototype in the Old Testament had few, but he was a mortal, he was a sinner. But he also was a man who was a great leader, a courageous leader, and a man who was a moral example as well. Regardless of what you do, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What a great declaration that is. Joshua is being an example to all of the people. But Joshua didn't just say it, he did it. And he did it with such great leadership ability that the whole of Israel followed the Lord as long as Joshua lived. And he even had such an impact on the elders that they followed the Lord as long as the elders whose lives overlapped Joshua lived. The world considers the importance of a man by the number of servants that he has, one sort or another. But God considers a man's important by the number of people that he serves. In fact, Christ said, he that would be greatest among you, let him be servant of all. Are you a servant of Christ? You'll also notice that Joshua didn't say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord on Sunday morning or Sabbath morning. The rest of the day, why that's fun day, Sunday, that's for me and not for him. The rest of the week, well, we can forget about those things then. But Joshua served the Lord all of the time. And we need folks like that today, willing to serve Jesus Christ. What he's placing before them is the ultimate choice in life. It's a choice between Satan today and Christ, between sin and righteousness, between death and life, between hell and heaven. And the choice is ours to make. Have you made that choice? You cannot escape it. You will make it one way or another. You will make it today. I guarantee you, absolutely, you will make that choice today. There are some choices we face in life where while we are considering the various options that lie open before us, we are already in one of the options. To wit, you just bought a new Cadillac. First day out, the car stalls. Not a big deal, except you happen to be straddling a railroad track. And you look out the window and you see that half mile down the road, there is a train coming. You have two options. You can stay in the car 
and try to get it started and save your new car and yourself. Or you can leap out of the car and run and lose your car and save your hide. Those are the options. And you sit there pondering those two options. But you're not a little sparrow up in a tree somewhere overlooking this scene. You are in one of the options. You are in the car, the car is on the track, and the train is coming. All of the time that you're trying to decide which choice to make, you've already made one. You're still in the car. And the train is still coming. The ultimate choice of all of the choices in this world that we have to make is a choice of whether or not we are going to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and God of our lives. Have you made that choice? That's the only choice that you must make. If you haven't, ah, dear friend, I would urge you as Joshua did then, Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Whom are you serving with your life? Yourself or Christ? Today is the day. May we pray. Blessed Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to many hearts right now. And as we consider all that you have done for us, all that you have suffered in our behalf, we pray, O oh God, that we may say, Now, therefore, O oh Christ, I surrender myself to thee. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be thou my Savior, my Lord. Henceforth I will trust thee, and henceforth I will serve thee. In thy name, amen. I hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ today to be both salt and light in this dark world. Or perhaps you just prayed that prayer with Dr. Kennedy, asking Jesus Christ to come into your life to be your Savior and Lord. If that's the case, I want to welcome you to the family of God. You have just made the greatest decision of your life. And to help you begin to grow in the Christian faith, we want to send you the book, Beginning Again. You'll find answers to questions you might have, helpful suggestions on how to pray, how to study the Bible, and much more. To receive your copy, just write to our address or call our toll-free number and be sure to ask for Beginning Again. And may God richly bless you. As Dr. Kennedy tells us, we need more people today who are willing to wholeheartedly serve Jesus Christ. 
especially in the hostile climate in which we find ourselves today. We face many challenges from gender insanity to growing statism and socialism. This nation was founded upon freedom, which was built on a Christian framework. As that framework is systematically dismantled by secularists, so is our freedom with it. What kind of nation will we be leaving to our children and grandchildren? How do we confront these challenges boldly and winsomely in order to reclaim their freedom? Find out in a brand new DVD program we've produced called Standing for Truth. In this DVD, you will hear from courageous Christians who have stood up against the secular forces that now seek to rule us in their godless image. And you will be encouraged to likewise stand strong for truth. It features Abby Johnson, the former Planned Parenthood clinic director, who is now helping people come out of the abortion industry and is the subject of the hit film, Unplanned. It features a former Miss California USA who endured a firestorm of national controversy simply for declaring that she believes in traditional marriage. And we hear from former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee who cheerfully battles for truth in the media and raised a daughter to do the same thing as President Trump's press secretary. And there is much, much more. We will send you the special DVD program, Standing for Truth, as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or you can go online to djkm.org. And if you are able to give a generous donation of $60 or more, we will send you the DVD plus a brand new hardcover book I've just written, which I've entitled, Here We Stand, A Generational Call to the Radical Kingdom of God. Friends, I have poured my heart into this book in which I share a plan to see our nation and our world one for Christ. And I give you biblical hope for the future. I truly believe we can see an outpouring of the Spirit of God upon America. And I share how in this vital new book, which I really view as an essential guidebook for the days in which we live. So please, contact us right away with a generous donation to help us continue standing for truth and defending your freedom on the airwaves, in court against the anti-Christian Southern Poverty Law Center, and through many, many other projects. We will thank you by sending you the exclusive DVD program, Standing for Truth, featuring Abby Johnson, Mike Huckabee, Ambassador Sam Brownback, and many more. And as our thanks for your donation of $60 or more, we will also include my just published hardcover book, here we stand, a generational call to the radical kingdom of God. So please write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 
332-3069 or go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.